This is Resurrecting Our Freedom Podcast. Hey there, we are super excited to share. Hold on a sec, hold on a sec. That was a little too fast. That was a little too anxious. (laughs) Slow down. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. That was like a race horse. I'm excited, man. Hey, we are super excited to have a follow-up on Pastor Tom Hughes. Uh, Last time we got through chapters one and two, of the book of Revelation. It was heavy, it was deep, but also I want you to know it's going to be super encouraging. We're going to go off on a few tangents, but really what we're left left with is nothing but encouragement. We're left with hope, and we're left with a, a victorious story. Inner power, that's really what this is about, right? How to look at the world, see what's out there, and, not, and have that identity power uh, from coming from the inside. So as you go through this, it, uh, it's going to bend your mind a little bit, but it'll also open your heart. How cool is that? So make sure you like, subscribe, share, and ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Got to ring that bell. Thanks, guys. Hey, we're getting started here. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Okay, here we are, Resurrecting Our Freedom. My fine, young, smiling friend right here, Dr. Doug DeSiana, and you are more powerful than you think. You are, and we certainly have a guest today that that is certainly going to show us that. But you know how we get this started. Let's start with the preamble. That's why we're here, resurrecting, resurrecting our freedom. Even though the the world may feel like a crucifixion here, we are certainly resurrecting. So we, the people, that's all of us, including my fine young friend over there, the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, that's what it's about today, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, Provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure blessings of liberty. That's our freedoms. That's what we're here for, securing those blessings. To ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States. And here we are approaching the next election. So we will see the direction of where we go. But we know how this story ends. And that's why we're here, Pastor Tom Hughes. Welcome again. We went through uh, part one of the book of Revelation. We're going through part two today. Thanks for sharing this with us. You bet. You know, there's. uh, I think everybody has to admit we live in exciting times. It may not always be fun, but we do live in exciting times. Yeah, that's for sure. It's almost minute to minute these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) So, go ahead. There you go. Well, I was going to just say, hey, last time we went through the two horsemen, we're just going to brush up on the third. We're picking up with the fourth and moving beyond and seeing, man, where uh, a lot of these things are happening in the world. So uh, let's be prepared and uh, let's certainly focus on the light and where we're going. So what were you going to say? Great. Well, I'll, uh, I want to start off with this because, uh, you know, it's really hard to People are really getting discouraged. I'm sure you see it even more than I do. The anxiety level of people is uh, getting off the charts. And um, I had an, uh, one of my viewers had sent me a, a note via email recently. And uh, in the midst of the note, he, had, he, he made a statement partly from Charles Dickens. And he wrote in there, uh, we live in the best of times and the worst of times. And then he said, but we know how it ends, don't we? God wins. And I thought, you know what, that is great. Uh, because it, you look at things right now, and they are really um, uh, taxing people. 
but we do know how it ends. And so when, when we look at uh, the Bible and the Bible tells us the direction that things are going to go, we have all these various signs of uh, what's going to happen before we get to the conclusion. And the conclusion is just going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. The Lord is going to be ruling and reigning, and I can't wait for that day. But between now and then, there's all kinds of things that can cause a lot, cause people to be anxious. Um, I, I'm constantly have to remind people or feel the need to remind people, look, you look to the finish line. Don't look to the coronavirus lockdowns. Don't look to this problem over here. Don't look to all the riots that are going on and, and uh, these things. Listen, all of these things are telltale signs of where we are. Uh, and so you look to the finish line. And while we're on this road to the finish line, with these events or these signs, the Bible is telling us, hey, this is going to happen. It's like this grenade's going to go off here, and this bomb's going to go off here, and this is going to happen there. Don't let those knock you off course. Look at the finish line. You're going to get through it, but this is what it's going to look like while you're going down the final stretch. So it looks like we're going down the final stretch, getting ready to enter into what the Bible calls the tribulation period. And uh, man, there are so many things happening. And uh, so, well, we left off last time, I think, Revelation chapter 6 with the third horseman of the apocalypse. I think that's what you said, right? Yes. Good, because I, I can't remember where we left off. <laughs> so with the th let's pick up there, throw out your questions whenever you want. But with the third horseman of the apocalypse, it, it's, a, it's a black horse. Uh, the four horsemen in order are a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse. And the black horse represents famine and also economic um, catastrophe. Uh, and the Bible actually says, uh, as John has a vision and he's writing down his vision, he sees a scale and the scale is imbalanced. And, uh, and, and then the angel tells uh, John, who's writing down the words for the book of Revelation, he says, hey, uh, it's a day's wage for, for a loaf of bread. However, don't harm the oil or the wine. In other words, there's going to be poverty throughout the world, uh, but the elite at the top are going to be doing re really well. Don't harm the oil or the wine, but everybody else is going to have equal amounts of poverty. And when you hear the talk of politicians right now, uh, that's what it sounds like they're talking about. Uh, equal amounts of poverty. Well, they try to tell us they're going to make everything equal. They make it sound like everybody's going to be lifted up. If you already have a lot, you're not going to get more. But you're hearing, you're hearing about certain classes of people that are going to, there's going to be like a universal uh, wage, a universal income. Uh, so we hear that. We hear different talk where if you're of a certain class, you're going to be taxed more, and that money's going to be given to people who, who don't have as much. What the reality of it is, is not to bring people up to a higher level. It's really going to bring America down and countries that are doing well down to a lower level, like a third world status. That so, is Tom, would, would, you, politically. Yes. would you call that a global type Marxism philosophy and Got a manifestation? Uh, that's that's exactly what I see coming. That is the way the Bible describes it, and, um, and then we see the we listen to all the things that are going on with the political movements right now in America, and it frightens me to think that uh, man, we're all, almost in this election, and you hear the rhetoric that's out there. These people want to destroy America. You, you listen to their talk. You know they're they're 
they're done with, uh, they just don't, they don't get it. You know, I've traveled much of the world um, and I've seen what it's like living in other places. It's a joy to travel, but let me tell you, I've never seen a place like America. If people actually want to destroy America and, and talking about the unjust policies that we have, listen, we live in a world that is unjust. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to right all of the wrongs, but that is the direction it's going. It's going to uh, be an attempt at a global Marxist uh, uh, government. In fact, it was I think it was just um, today or the other day that the Pope said the only way to fix the coronavirus is if we had a socialistic system throughout the world. And I'm looking at this going, this is just insane. But I know this is not just the rhetoric. It's actually the direction the Bible tells us things are going to go. And here's something else I've discovered over the years. I'm sure you've seen the same thing. If somebody tells you that uh, they have bad intentions toward you, uh, you should believe, believe them. You know, somebody, listen, when you listen to the rhetoric that's coming our way, they're telling us exactly what they're going to do. They're telling us they're going to bring about this Marxist society. They're, they're, they're telling us what they're going to do with climate change laws. They're, you know, they're, they're advertising it. If a thief tells me he's coming over to my house at 2.30 in the morning, I'm going to be prepared. These people, these elites are telling us this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to get there. And we better be paying attention because there are some uh, very bad people out there with some very nefarious intentions. And this is the direction it is going to go. And the book of Revelation, chapter 6, the third horseman of the apocalypse, describes it. A world where you have the uh, a global system, you have the elite at the top, and the rest of the world is equally poor. And it is a time of devastated economic collapse also. Well, I think the thing that becomes so discouraging is how many people are compliant and submissive, right? And some of those people, they say, want to destroy America. I think there's a lot of countries outside of America knows that, no, if America goes down, the world's going down. Other than the Americans don't, don't get that. I think we're the ones that are in the dark or the most ignorant or if you want to say ignoring it or don't believe that could happen, but it's a lot of Americans. The Americans are the problem. Yeah. You know what? I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I have friends that I've talked to in Israel. I have friends I've talked to in Europe, and they know that uh, they're very concerned about the election that's coming up. Uh, uh, as they're, they're looking at it, they know they aren't going to have the support from America that they currently have. And, and where, else is, where else is anybody going to go? You're going to go to a country that's better than America, no matter what people think. So these people live in these other countries, and a lot of these other countries, they're already socialistic. And people have left those countries to come here. Why do people leave those countries to come here if America is so bad? Uh, you know, you look at this, the, there's no right logic with the thinking that's going on, but people are believing everything they've been told in the media. They, they, they hear it. Listen, Romans chapter one talks about a generation where the truth will be suppressed by lies. We live in that time. The truth is being suppressed by lies. We are being lied to all of the time. And I can tell you from the Bible and from the very words that these elitists are telling us, we can tell which direction this is going because their words are lining up with the Bible. Con consider this. Um, this is just, uh, this was since the last time we talked. Uh, considering a world government on September 22nd, 
French President Macron told the UN General Assembly that France wants a new era of globalization. They are telling us, uh, when you look at the words from the Pope, you realize what the Pope is saying repeatedly. I had it in 2015 in my book, and it was published in 2016. But now the Pope is really coming out with this rhetoric. He, he, the rhetoric is, is real simple. The United States of America is a problem. You cannot have nationalism. We need a global society, and everybody needs to get along. And then you look at the World Economic Forum and, what, and the talk that's coming out of there. They're going to have a meeting in January in Davos, Switzerland. They bumped that up to June or July, I think. But but they're, but they're saying, look, everybody's got to be part of this global plan. And then the leader, Klaus Schwab, said, listen, not only does everybody need to be a part of it, but the United States and China must partake. They must partake. In other words, they must submit to this plan. And then you look at these lockdowns. Listen, you're both doctors. I am not. But the CDC came out with a report, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I read a report by the CDC a couple of weeks ago that said that 94% of the coronavirus deaths aren't actually coronavirus deaths. And so if you have, in my math, if you have 200,000 people that died supposedly with coronavirus, but 94% of them didn't, that means only 6% died from coronavirus. That's only 12,000 people that have died from it, and yet we've locked down entire countries, and the United States is just all over the map with these things. So, uh, 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 Tom, could I, I'm, yeah. Tom, Tom, I'm going to add to that point. Not only that, but you have several epidemiologists, uh, doctors who are the top in their fields, who are not on mainstream media. You have doctors from Stanford. You have doctors from Harvard Medical School are all telling us that these lockdowns are far more damaging ultimately than in the viruses. So you're starting to get buzz from a lot of people in the top of their field who are getting traction. Unfortunately, nobody hears about it because they're not getting onto the mainstream media. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like the these doctors, friends of yours, other experts are being censored by the mainstream media. And, and you know, and you have these these players that I keep reading about, um, you know, like George Soros and others who seem to be controlling these things. Listen, I read an article and I reported it. I was on a news program a few years back and um, it was on his channel and his channel.com. I was on the news program and I read it and George Soros had said he was going to invest $5 billion to the destruction of America, disruption of America. And I read that, and I remember thinking about a year ago, we haven't seen an investment from a Soros type of action of $5 billion yet. But now you look, and I'm saying, man, all of these things are well-funded. These media people are controlled. They've all got the same uh, rhetoric. You look at the riots that are happening, it's all the same MO. These things are highly organized. They can't just, listen, a bunch of angry people don't just all of a sudden show up at the same place without coordinating it or being coordinated. It's not those people. There's other people that are smart, that are well-funded, that are driving this and organizing these things all over the country to take down 
America. And the media is, in my mind, is totally complicit. They will not let the truth come out. And again, that reminds me of Romans 1, which I already quoted. They're suppressing the truth in their lies. And, and this is the, the direction that, that I see things. Um, I have a, a friend of mine who's been helping me out with some research. And he sent me this the other day. And he said, George Soros, Soros stated at an informal dinner at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, back in January of 2020, that, and this is the quote from Soros, the stock market already celebrating Trump's military success is breaking out to reach new heights, but an overheated economy can't uh, keep boiling for too long. And still, this is quoting Soros. If all this had happened closer to the elections, it would have assured Trump's re-election. Trump's problem is that the elections are still 10 months away. We're now at that 10-month period. And he said this, get this, in a revolutionary situation, that is a lifetime. So my friend translated this for me, and this is what he said. Here's my translation. Because of a booming economy, Trump, who Soros can't stand, is a shoe-in, and the best and probably only way to beat Trump is to destroy that economy. And fortunately for us, despite our limited time frame of 10 months, we can accomplish this using revolutionary tactics. Whether or not Soros is a key player, he writes, in these past turbulent months, I know this, that what we have been experiencing since January has all the earmarks of an organized Saul Alinsky type of revolution. And then he goes on from there and breaks down the Saul Alinsky types of revolution. And you see this. So Soros was saying in January that, that what we need to stop Trump is revolutionary action. And 10 months of time, there's plenty of time to bring that about. Here we are, nine and a half months into it, getting ready to have the, the, the elections, and you look at the whole world and all of the things that are going on, and it is, it is very telling. And listen, the, the, um, there's some very bad people that have some very bad intentions. Yeah, no question. I think we're just beginning the grand finale. You know, it's like on July 4th, man, you know. There might be a little bit of a breather in the grand finale where everything explodes. So, so we'll see what happens. So anyway, third horse, oh. famine horse, let's get into the fourth horse. So basically that's uh, economic destruction. And then what happens? We didn't even get into the fourth horse yet. See, <laughs> you have to keep me moving on faster. Okay, the fourth <laughs> horse is the pale horse. I'll be able to make this one quicker. The pale horse represents death and destruction to a quarter of the planet. Uh, if that were to happen today, that would be close to 2 billion people uh, would be dead. So it's coming, and, and the death is going to come through various means. It's going to come through the war that has already happened. It's going to come through the economic collapse and the famine. But also it's going to come through pestilence. Actually, Jesus said in Matthew 24, pestilence is plural. It, listen, if people think coronavirus is bad, they don't... Uh, wait till they see what's coming. What's coming is actually going to be far worse. And then also, there's a death by sword with the pale horse. And that sword that's described there in Revelation 6, in that part, is a small sword, like a dagger. So it, it implies people are going to be taking the law into their own hands, vigilantism. People are going to realize they've got to protect myself. There's going to be people trying to uh, bring violence in their, in their neighborhoods and in their cities. And 
what, what are we watching right now? You look and you go, you, I mean, we, we can see all these things going this way at breakneck speed. It doesn't take an imagination anymore to connect the dots with what the Bible says and what we are actually seeing take place in the news and what these elitists are telling us uh, what their plans are and what they're actually going to do. So just for clarity and those who don't read the book, because it is a rather confusing book um, for, I would say, students of the Bible, uh, you don't believe that we're actually in that state yet. And also, just so people don't shut off the podcast, um, I'm assuming you're a pre-tribulist, so you also know that we're going to be taken up long before this happens. Is that true for you? I, I do believe we're going to be taken up before this happens. I don't know how long before. I do believe the Bible teaches something uh, that uh, uh, that I would call a rapture. Um, in First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, the Bible tells us that there's a generation of people who are believers in Christ. And Paul's exact words will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. They will not die. That word caught up is a Greek word, harpazo. And then uh, we get the term rapture from the Latin translation, rapturo. So you look at that. Okay, so that's where the term rapture comes from. But people don't have to call it rapture. You can call it the Greek harpazo. But either way, the Bible says they will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, comfort one another with these words. And then you get into the next chapter. And then it, it talks about a time where people are clamoring for peace and safety, and then sudden destruction is going to come. And then God says that we are not appointed to wrath. That wrath that is spoken of there is speaking of the, the tribulation and all the things that we're talking about right now, that that is coming. Again, for example, with the pale horse, 2 billion people on the planet die. We're not there yet. Uh, we, you know, 200,000 people died with coronavirus, you know? So we aren't at this 2 billion mark yet. Um, but the Bible tells us that is coming, uh, but I, it's still in the future. We're not in the tribulation period yet. Um, I hope I didn't scare all your, your viewers. They may never come back again. But when we understand how it ends, listen, as my friend said, uh, we live in the best of times and the worst of times, uh, but we know how it ends, don't we? God wins. In, 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 in the Lord, you're, gonna, you're on the winning team. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. We're going to keep going forward. You know, I heard a, a quote once, and it said, um, the demons scream right before they're exercised. Yeah, well, right now they seem to be screaming. Well, exactly. So right before they're taken out, they scream the loudest, right? They scream the loudest right before they're exercised. So... So I think with faith, we realize that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of noise, but that's because we're getting to the other side. We have to get through the noise to get through the other side. It's like crossing a bridge. Yeah, well, we will get through this, you know, um, and, and, I, and I know we will because I, I know how it ends. I've read through the end of the book. It's going to be great. But as I talk about these things, listen, these are signs and the Bible told us this is what it's going to look like so we would know. We'd be able to connect and go, aha, I was told I would see this so I would know the Lord's return is, new, is near. In fact, Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 21, when you see these things begin to take place, look up for your redemption draws near. So the Bible says, tells us these things so we will be aware. 
the, the leaders of the world are telling us because they want to conform the world. So we're watching going, hey, all of these things are lining up. So we can ignore uh, the what the Bible says and say, I don't want to hear those things. But the problem is these things are still going to happen. So it's much better to be prepared for it and, to, and be rightly prepared. It will actually will strengthen your faith because you won't get knocked off to the right. You won't get knocked off to the left. You'll be able to get it. Uh, you'll be able to understand. In fact, in Daniel chapter 12, the Bible tells us about that time. As you're approaching that day, the Bible tells us, look, as the events are unfolding, those who don't know the Lord will look at it, but they will continue in their sin and they will not understand. In other words, they're going to know something's wrong, but they're not going to connect with it and they're not going to want to connect with it. However, Daniel goes on and says in that same verse, the wise will see it. The wise will see the events that are going on and they will understand. So it, it, it speaks of a time in Daniel 12 where everybody in the world knows something is wrong. Those who don't look to the Bible are not going to get it. They're not going to want to know about it. Uh, they're just going to want everything to continue as it was, although it won't continue as it was. But those who do look to the Lord and say, Lord, I need understanding this, go to your Bible, they will understand. They'll go, aha, I get it. And I get there's an end. And I get it's going to be really, 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 it's going to be great. It's going to be good. But as you said, it's going to be difficult getting to that end. It's like, it's like a woman in labor. That's why they use that metaphor. It's like we're seeing the birth pains, but it also gives us signposts so we know where we're going. And we know the frequency of these contractions, if you will, will lead to the painful process of de delivery, which is beautiful at the very end, but we're approaching a time where it will be painful. You know, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Jesus used the term beginning of sorrows, which at that time was a term uh, relating to uh, pregnancy pains. Uh, Paul also used it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, these are our birth pangs. So that's exactly how the Bible describes it. As you get closer and closer to the baby being born, the intensity uh, and the frequency of the birth pains are only going to increase. And that's what we are watching. We are watching these birth pains increase more and more as we're getting there. Listen, we're going to get there. We will get there. But it's going to be difficult between now and then. But if you know how it ends and you know these are things to look for, then you'll be able, you'll be that much stronger in the process because you'll know, aha, God told us it was going to be this way. The Bible said I would see this happen, and I would see that happen, and I would hear the politicians talk like this. When we understand those things, it'll help us to stay on course. Nor does that give us uh, a time to give up since we know it's going to happen. We are also called to fight the good fight. So we're also called to preach the good news. So we are called to action. Because we know the end result, that doesn't mean we can sit back in our homes and just kind of close ourselves up and sequester ourselves. So this is also a call to action, would you not say? I would say uh, absolutely. In fact, that's the reason I, I do what I do. That's the reason for your podcast and, and the various podcasts I do is, look, it's, it's not a time to lay down. This is the time to really be engaged in the fight. It is a spiritual battle that we are in. People might not believe that. That's okay. But get involved. I, get involved in, in 
politics. Be out there fighting the fight. We are fighting for our kids. We're fighting for the for the uh, for America. Uh, listen, as a, you mentioned in the beginning, as America goes, so goes the world. There are a lot of concerns. We don't know when all of the events of the Bible will be fulfilled. We don't know that. Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. So this is what I know I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing what I know is absolutely right between now and then. And I'm going to fight, and I'm going to encourage, and I'm going to exhort, and I'm going to teach, and I'm going to hope for people to get involved, more and more people to get involved, which is what you guys do too. It's where we are moving forward. We've got to stay in, and I can't encourage people enough. Now is the worst time in the world to lay down and do nothing. Absolute worst time in the world to lay down and do nothing. We see these things going on, and, and not on my watch. That's the way I look at it. I'm not just going to sit here like this. Not on my watch. I'm pressing forward, and I'm going to do everything I can. Well, that's why we have you on here, and we appreciate that. And also, I know, speaking probably for the three of us or the four of us, that I think the believers, hey, there's uh, a couple billion Christians, not to mention people of faith or even more than that. There's, you know, minimally half the population minimally believe that there is a believe that there is a higher power. But I think those are the groups that's going to make the difference. If it's going to turn around, you know, if you believe this is a spiritual battle, not a battle of flesh and bone, then it is time to take a stand. It is time to take take your mask off, you know, to to stand up for our rights. And God, those are God-given rights, and that we do have the power inside us to be able to make a difference. And we stand up with our families, and we stand up with our friends, and we stand up in your congregation, and in anybody's congregation, and we create unity, and we can actually turn this around. Yeah. Well, your, your shirt says, what's it say? You are more powerful. You're more powerful than you think. Yeah, that's a book I wrote. I, I like that. I would say for me, uh, the only reason I'm more powerful than than I think is because the Lord in me. I know, I, I know what I'm like, and and I know where I came from, and I know what my past was. And but it is. It's. I mean, you can go back. You know, I know I quote the Bible a lot, but you know, it's kind of what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and but I mean, you go back into the Old Testament. You see Samson, who who had that power that came from. The Lord and he. There's a guy who was way more powerful than he he knew how to deal with. You know, he used everything wrong, but you still see that power. You see, you see David in the in the Old Testament. You see people who are weak and and, and lame and and just really unimpressive. Gideon was one of those. He had no strength, but the Lord was able to strengthen him. So, in fact, the Bible even tells us that God wants to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So. If you have a viewer out there that's thinking, man, I'm I'm kind of weak and foolish. Listen, the Lord wants to do powerful, amazing things through you if you're willing to let him. But the only way you can let him is if is if you're surrendered to him and you say, let's do this, Lord. But you got to go. You got to put your foot I I into uh, into the game. You know, you got to get in there and you got to be willing. And if you are willing, amazing things can happen through one individual, through one individual. Imagine if. 10% of the country just stood up and said, no, we're going to press forward and we're going to start, uh, we're, we're going to start affecting change for good because the other side's doing it all the time. They're affecting change for some really bad stuff. But what if we stood up? Listen, look at the battle you guys are in. This, the, look, all the things that you're fighting against have media. 
uh, you're you're we're against Google. We're, uh, Google's not excited. YouTube isn't excited. Facebook isn't excited. Uh, the mainstream media, none of them really like any of the things that we are talking about right now. So look at that massive battle that's out there. But we're still getting in there. You're still getting in there, and other people, other organizations are too. But imagine if people, not just, it's not just sitting down watching. It's saying, you know what, you're right, I need to get in, and I need to make a difference, and we can make a huge difference, and I'm not willing to sit by and say, this is the end of America, let's just give up. No, I can see these things, so let's, 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 get, in, uh, let's get in the fight. You know, what if oh. back in the days of Abraham Lincoln, if he just gave up, you know? And uh, thankfully, we have a president that's fighting, and been fighting a lot, but it takes people who, who are going to get in and stay in. Well, I think uh, what you said, you know, people may think you're weak and there's a great verse, 1 Corinthians, you know, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call, right? So if you feel the calling, you will be qualified. Don't worry about your talents or what your impression of yourself and you're more powerful than you think is a spiritually based book of connecting with our divinity inside us. And that's it. You know, you, you connect to that power, you stay connected like in uh, Psalm 1, right? Keep your roots planted by the river, man. Stay connected and you're, you will prosper and you will bear fruit in its season. Yeah, I, you know, I look at it and think, you know, with, with Psalm 1, it's being, it's being rooted and planted in the Lord. And the Lord will do remarkable things if you're right. willing to do that. And, uh, you know, if, he'll even give you peace in the midst of this mess that we have right now. It's his peace. He will give him perfect peace. His mind is set on the Lord. He will give you that strength. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that works through individuals that are surrendered to Christ. So you look at this and look at the way things are going. Look, it's rise up, move forward, press on, and, and see what God's going to do. But don't just sit here idly by and watch uh, watch what's going on and say there's nothing we can do. You know, some people aren't even going to vote. They're thinking, uh, they're, they're just too lazy to vote. No, how can you be too lazy to vote? But unfortunately, uh, some people, they're going to go that path. You know, the, the one person I would have added to that list, well, there's a bunch of people I would have added to the list that you're mentioning, but who came to my mind was Peter, uh, who was probably a person who was defeated and who was spiritually void and uh, pretty much felt like he betrayed his Lord. And then he gets the power of the Holy Spirit and then he goes in and he gets to preach the gospel to thousands, to multiply thousands. I feel to your shirt, to your point, Fred, that uh, we can be more powerful than we can ever imagine. Certainly Peter could have never imagined he would be that emboldened and that powerful to be able to start really the path of that Christian faith when that, that point of Pentecost. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. There, there's no way you look at Peter. He, he was a guy, he, he liked, he had a whole lot of things to say, but um, man, some, some were good and some were all messed up, but the Lord uh, saved his soul. And, and you just think of that, you know, how he, he actually denied even knowing the Lord. And then he was discouraged he was pretty much ruined. He just absolutely ruined. But the Lord got a hold of him and said, "No, Peter, uh, let's 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 do this thing. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be a spokesperson for me. You're gonna be bold." Peter was so bold and so strong. It was incredible what he did after the Lord had filled him with the power of His Spirit. Listen, w this world is messed up, and, and with 
the people, you know, getting involved, we can turn this thing. It, it, it's upside down. It needs to be turned right side up. But there's some very bad things that are going on out there that we need to really pay attention to and, 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 and move forward. Just, just march forward. I agree. So, uh, well, I mean, there's much more of the book of Revelation. We've been on here for a little bit. Uh, I think we've given so much for people to not just contemplate, but to inspire within them and decide what's their calling and how can they take action. So kind of in wrapping this up, what, what would you like to leave with our listeners? Just, just what you just said is, is step up. Look, uh, uh, again, uh, with that quote I had from the beginning, we live in the best of times and the worst of times, but we know how it ends. God wins. And if you want to be on the winning side, it's be on God's side and step up. But, but, but listen, we are fighting for the soul of America right now. We really are. So move forward. I know we didn't get too far into the book of Revelation at all, but um, <laughs> nevertheless, um, there's so many things going on right now we need to pay attention to. Now's not the time to uh, lay down and just rest. I guess my, my final thought on this, you mentioned, I believe, Romans 1 twice at least. Um, let's, let's fast forward about seven chapters into Romans 8.28, and let's uh, leave our viewers with this, that all things work together for God to those who are called to his purpose and who love him. So uh, when we are called according to his purpose, not our own purpose, but his purpose, all things will work out well, for good. Yeah, he tells us that. All things. doesn't say some things. He says all things right. will work together for good for those who love him, for those right. who are called according to his purpose. Well, I don't think there's much better ending than that. There, the right there is about all the hope that I think people need, right? And uh, I just want to thank you for sharing. I know we really didn't get very far. We only got like, what, six chapters and a quote from the eighth, eighth chapter. Is that what is it? So... Uh, and we can have a part three at some point and then continue with that. But I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom and applying that to what's going on in the world today. I think it's very revealing. Uh, thank you for raising people's awareness and then just tap into that power that's already inside you. Connect with God, connect with your purpose. You don't have to be qualified, but you are called. So uh, let's do that together. We need your voice, Tom. Thank we are praying for, for you. Thank you for having me on. And maybe it, next time we'll get further into the book. <laughs> we'll right. definitely do it okay. again. Thanks, Thanks my friend. Peace to you. So Tom's pretty intense. I mean, we go through the book. You know, it's like, okay, there's the first source. Boom! It's like, okay, and then the second one, boom! And then, you know, kick him when you're down. That's the third one. If that wasn't bad, here's the fourth one. And, you know, it's like it could be so overwhelming. It's like getting beat down. But really the point of that is we have to get through. It's like cleaning the world, man. It's cleaning the world of the evil forces. It's it's God still reigns supreme. We're still in that universe that... That even though it doesn't matter what's outside, I think the whole point is that we go to what's inside, that we do have the battle. Not that, not that we want to fight, but that we want to be above the conditions of the world. And so, and so that's really what I think the message was, is how to not get so swept up in what's going around here and what's going on on the outside. Because it can be pretty gnarly, 
But don't make that our identity, but make the identity of God's presence inside of, of us our identity, and then we can walk through anything. Right. I think my take on that is I feel like it's like a, a, a journey of humanity. Like we're going through this journey, and there's going to be some rough spots, to your point, like it's a cleanse. I kind of think of it as going on a vacation and you're having some destination like I did with my family not too long ago and you get a bunch of crap on the wind on the windshield that doesn't stop you from attaining your destination. That's just right. kind of stuff that gets on the way. And as he said, we, we ultimately, at the end of the day, we know that it's a good thing that's going to happen. We are going to have victory at the end. God wins. We win. Humanity wins. How cool is that? How cool is that? We just don't want a tidal wave on our vacation. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> just stuck so, on the yeah. way, man. Just stuck like, on Oh, my way. God. Look what's coming, Thailand, and look what's coming. So, um, hey, the bottom line is, like that video, share it, and uh, ring, hit, the bell. ring the bell. Ring, ding, ding, ding. Got to ring the bell. And uh, we're fired up about our next guest. Our next guest is actually a friend of mine. His name is uh, Skip Heisick. He has one of the largest churches in the United States, and he has a lot to say about the spiritual condition that, that we're in. He was just with Trump, actually. Uh, he was at the Rose Garden uh, when the Attorney General was getting nominated. So he has a lot of insights into what's going on currently, what's going on with this whole nomination process, and also to the bigger picture, he's talking about what's going on with humanity and the spiritual kind of warfare that we're in right now. Yeah, so it is another pastor, so we're not here to beat you down spiritually. We're actually here to lift you up spiritually. Yes, yes. Because I know through our life, and I know uh, you're a believer, and, and I know that faith, I mean, we everybody has a story, man. We've all been through this stuff. And even though we've never seen this story, I can only give my personal testament that my faith, I already know that I can get through anything. And so, because we've already been through a lot, right? And hey, I'm going to be 60. We're, we're the same I'm age. 62, yeah. Mark. Yeah, there you go, man. So, yeah, I know you're my little brother by three weeks. Yes, I am. But, uh, man, we've been through a lot. And that's really the message that we're going to bring you. Spiritual power, personal power, and power to walk through anything, right? We walk through the valley of shadow of death. We just don't build a house there. Right. And that's really what this is about. And to your book that you wrote, which I read, which I've given to tons of my patients, um, this comes from the concept is greater is he that is in you, in me, in you, than he that is in this world. So we are victorious. We have the power. In fact, the Bible calls it a dynamite. Dunamis is the Greek word for that. We have this dynamite power within us. We just need to believe in it and uh, walk in it. That might be a half stick, though. <laughs> but I'm fatter than most. So, so you're more powerful than you shorter. think, Dr. Fred. You are more powerful yeah, than you think. I think you're a full stick. I'm, I'm still working on the other half stick. But <laughs> So anyway, hey, we love you guys. Please share this. And, um, you know, these videos, these podcasts, you never know what you, who you might share it with, that they can be right on the edge, and this gives them hope. So let's bring unity and humanity. We've got seven and a half billion people over there that are all hoping for the same thing. So, so let's get faith around the world. Thank you and love you guys. Love and compassion.